0: clock it's hour three and on a tuesday that means it's mavs day mav day where we talk to players and coaches of the colorado mesa mavericks athletic teams and we get things started with your nine o'clock hour with the head coach of the mavericks men's basketball team mike DeGeorge. george good morning mike how are things over on campus this morning
1: things are great appreciate you having me
0: on absolutely we love having you on every week to talk about mavericks men's basketball you added some new players we'll talk about that uh coming up in just a little bit first we'll give you a a final recap over the weekend beat uh, a scrappy uccs team 70 to 62 on friday night uh owen koontz led the way with uh, 15 points 12 each from trevor baskin and reese johnson uh 42.6 shooting i referenced that because we'll reference saturday where you shot a lot better from the floor but uh how did how do you feel friday went for you you kind of put the hammer to him in the second half after struggling in the first half
1: well honestly um it just wasn't a very good night for us we um we struggled a little bit from an energy perspective, and then they sat in the zone, which they no one's really done that to us um, in a while. I don't think since I've been here anybody sat in the zone the whole game, and um, you know we just it just wasn't a great mental night for us. And then on top of that, we've been you know this past week it was kind of became pretty aware just how much our defensive habits have fallen off. And one of the things that occurs you know, basketball's connected at both ends of the floor. And when we're trying to play faster and we're emphasizing pace, one of the things that's happening in practice is both teams are playing, trying to play that fast. And so it's leading to some fatigue in practice. And at the defensive end, guys taking more chances, being out of position more, not communicating, uh, all kind of related to the fatigue. And so through that and our emphasis on pace, we've lost some of our defensive habits. So, That was sort of apparent all week, and it was a big point of emphasis, and it was pretty disappointing that when they went to zone, that sort of became distracting, and then we really fell into those bad habits at the defensive end in that first half. But the guys responded with a lot of energy in the second half, and then it carried over into the next night.
0: And uh, we'll we'll get to Regis in a moment, but you talk about is the fatigue in practice and the way that you set up practice, is that, you know, do more conditioning? Is that a change in the kind of how you – uh, lay out the practice. How, how do you kind of guard against that when it comes to, to actual game nights on a Friday and Saturday in the RMAC?
1: Yeah, it's not really conditioning related. I mean, I think our guys are in pretty good shape and we're deep enough where, and games we can always just, you know, we're deep enough where we can run new guys in there whenever we need to. Um, it's really more about what you said. And that is changing the structure of practice. So, you know, we've come up with a couple of new drills that we haven't done in the past. Um, where one is you don't get to go, we call it stop and go. So you got to get a stop in order to run and go play offense, and then we just go until the next team scores and we reset in the half court. So that allows us to get the mindset of running you know, when you get a, a stop. Um, but it, you don't get into these crazy sequences where both teams are playing so fast, it's just like a ping-pong match, you know, go back and forth. Uh, so that helps. And then we've set up a couple other things structurally, to work on you know running after a make and and uh running against zone and and so you know we we just need to be able to break it down a little bit and not have it be such a free-flowing scrimmage when both teams are playing this way or the other thing that we'll start to do is we'll use like our scout team as a control group they'll play slower and then our main group will play faster and that also creates that contrast but um you know we will be facing some teams coming up adam state will want to play fast uh you know and so will west texas so you know we will have some more track meet kind of games as well so we got to be able to do it when both teams are playing fast as well
0: and you mentioned saturday they played a lot better defense looked like it you know was affecting regis a lot more than maybe uccs 27 percent from the field 15 from three point where conversely you guys shot over 50 percent, you know from both of those metrics over the course of the game and uh, you guys got up big, got a, got a chance to get a lot of those bench guys. I think you went 15 deep on Saturday against Regis. So a lot of those guys that don't get to see a ton of playing time, they got some minutes on Saturday against the Rangers.
1: Yeah, you know, and we got a pretty veteran team, and we feel like, you know, we should be, you know, we're, we're very ready to, to compete at a high level. We really haven't played uh, at a very high level this year consistently. This Saturday night was the first night that we have. And so it was great to see us get some separation for the first time and really be able to get some of those guys that work so hard and practice some time. So that was great to see. And it was good for us just to put a quality effort at both ends of the floor together, uh, you know, sustaining it over the course of the game
0: coming up this weekend you have adam state then you're off to las vegas we'll talk about that in a little bit but uh you guys signed a couple of players you got a 6-4 combo guard out of argyle high school in texas in jason dempshire uh four-year varsity player state champion as a freshman thirteen two assists per game uh during his junior year he first team all district talk about what type of player you're adding in jason dempshire
1: Well, uh, Reese Johnson has decided he's going to graduate and go to medical school at the end of this year. So he's not going to use his COVID year. And so he's kind of replacing uh, that role. And they're, they're similar players that, you know, he's a big, strong guard that can make shots, but just a really high IQ guy, a 4.0 student, just a great culture guy. And, and he's a good athlete. You know, he came in in the fall and uh, practiced with the team. And you know what I mean? Like all of our concepts that are kind of unique to us and you know we basically showed him one time he was just able to do it he's one of those guys that just you know kind of gets it and, and is very adaptable and and very coachable so uh he'll be a great uh you know culture guy and and you know eventually fill a very similar role we think that reese johnson has these last four years for us
0: and also uh coming aboard is emilic six six wing player from bear creek kind of fits your your vibe and your style perfectly he's athletic 23 points, 12 rebounds uh, to start his senior season. He's tall, he's long, he's uh, got a lot of ability. Talk about uh, the addition of Jallo.
1: Yeah, we really think Emily has a chance to be an incredibly special player. You know, and he's different than Mac or Trevor, but we'll use him in the same kind of way is that right now he plays point guard on his high school team, but he guards the center on the other team. And, and, uh, you know, he's able to get out and switch and do lots of different things defensively. And then offensively, he's a very good shooter. He's a very good handler and distributor. He's got a really young team this year. He's playing with They graduated most of their varsity players from last year besides him. And so, you know, he's having to kind of do everything for them right now. Uh, but they'll, you know, they'll come along as the season progresses. Um, but, you know, he's just a great team player, incredibly unselfish, and and really connected with the guys when he came over and visited.
0: So coming up this weekend, you have Adam State on Friday and then it's uh, kind of a quick turnaround. You go down to Las Vegas. Let's start with the Grizzlies uh, kind of stumbled out of the gate. They're last in points per game allowed uh, in the RMAC, but they got into the win column against New Mexico Highlands last week, 78 to 71. They can definitely score it, even though there's some weaknesses defensively.
1: Yeah, they have a very talented team. They have uh, two quick little guards and Dustin Williams who played for them and led them in scoring, like, I think it was the COVID year, and I think he was a junior then. So I'm a little confused where he's been or how he's still playing. But he's a very talented player, um, and so he's their kind of lead guard. And then they have a young man that we recruited out of high school, you know, like four years ago, uh, Jude Tapia, who's another quick little combo guard. Who can really score, so really talented backwards that can score, but undersized, and then up front, you know, they have some division one transfers and they have just some big athletic guys that have skill. And so, um, you know, it's a very talented team, and you know, they've been a little bit up and down, but you know, you watch them on film, they are uh very talented and, and a scary opponent. We're going to have to be right to have success, and you know, going over to Alamosa is always hard, and then it's finals this week, so the guys are. We'll be finishing up on Thursday with finals and then driving over there and then, you know, looming in the background is, uh, is West Texas, which is obviously a really meaningful game in terms of regional rankings for us. So to keep our focus on Friday night and recover from uh, the academic year, uh, it, you know, it's just kind of an odd set of circumstances. It'll take a lot of maturity to go over there and play well on Friday night.
0: And how much role do you, you and Kyle Boucher as the, as the coaches on this squad kind of play in, in keeping them focused, not just with finals. You have some big regional games coming up with uh, West Texas a and at least one, and then Simon Fraser. It's a trip to Vegas. It's after finals, but you still have... Uh, a conference game which is a really important road game at adam state coming up on friday night first bad defensive team i mean like kids all know the numbers that this team will give up a lot of points how do you kind of keep them focused on the task at hand day in and day out with a lot really happening here over the next eight days
1: yeah, I mean, you know, the nice thing about having a veteran group is that the guys should just have an understanding that no matter what records are, no matter, you know, what the deal is, you go over to Adams, it's hard. I mean, you're playing at high altitude, and, you know, the gym usually is either burning up or freezing one or the other. So it's just a really tough circumstance. They usually draw well, and they get good crowds, and they're, they're on you, and it's impactful uh, uh, on the game. And so, you know... you're most of our guys have an understanding of that and then just how hard it is to win on the road and in, uh, in these circumstances. But we really just always try to challenge them. I mean, I just try to be straight up with them and be like, here are the challenges. You know, average people and average teams are not going to succeed in this environment, you know, unless are we going to rise up to it and, and meet it? What, what the challenge is, you know, we don't get to play West Texas till Monday. So why would we be worried about that? You know, this is Friday and we need to be ready on Friday to play Adams. So, um, you know, and I think this group will respond. But it is real challenge. And, you know, we practiced yesterday, and uh, it was the worst practice of the year. I think they're just very fatigued with finals going on. It was really tough. So we gave them today off, and we'll come back tomorrow and, and Thursday and, and get ready for Adams and go do the best we can.
0: And we mentioned, you know, not – really focusing on west texas or simon fraser for your team they end up playing them next week monday and tuesday in las vegas i will kind of ask you about the scheduling though you guys didn't have a thanksgiving classic this weekend you were able to kind of have thanksgiving off which is nice now you have another south central uh, opponent in west texas a and simon fraser coming in how did this you know little pair of games kind of come together for your squad just wedged in the middle of your armex slate
1: Yeah, so a couple of things transpired. Number one is we couldn't get teams to come to the Thanksgiving Classic, so we were scrambling because we just couldn't get it filled. And so this replaced that for us on the schedule. Uh, This is a great opportunity. It's very difficult to get West Texas to leave home, number one, so it's hard to play them anywhere but their place. So to get them on a neutral floor is great. Um, and it's a very meaningful game, particularly after losing a DBU. It's another opportunity for us to, to kind of make a strong statement to the regional committee about our team. So um, it is really good for us that we're, that we're getting that game. And then Simon Frazier counts as an in-region game, too. It's a long story. But if the, our borders of somebody in our league cuts the border of, some, of the state of somebody in their league, then it counts as an in-region game. So all of our non-conference games then, count as in-region games. And when I got the job and you just saw how meaningful it was to play the Lone Star teams in the regional rankings, you know, I didn't want the one weekend where you play them the first opening weekend of the year to be so impactful on the year. I wanted us to have more of a resume that was more representative of how good our team was. And so we've made efforts to try to schedule more more Lone Star teams. We were able to get Kings going international these last two years, Now, to add uh, West Texas, um, and this could be an annual event, they are going to build this thing where we could go every year and we are planning to go again next year because the RMAC is reducing our conference schedule from uh, 22 games to 20 games next year. So we do have two more non-conference games. So, um, you know, it's a good opportunity for us to go over and play right before the Christmas break. This year, unfortunately, we do have games the weekend before in West Texas and Simon Fraser don't. So... They're just extending their play after this weekend. So it's a little more challenging situation for us, but we were able to get the Adam State game that was originally scheduled for Saturday moved to Friday. Um, So um, that that is going to help us, you know, be able to go over there and be ready to go.
0: And it'll be a, a well-deserved couple of weeks off coming up starting uh, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday for your squad after finals and at Adams and then to Vegas for West Texas a and and Simon Frazier. Coach, we'll let you get back to it. We'll uh, hopefully try to chat with you next week at some point, probably after uh, your trip to Las Vegas. Good luck in Alamosa. We'll have that game right here on the team CMU Sports Network, 530 tip off. And uh, hopefully you can pick up a win against the Grizzlies and then focus on West Texas AM. and
1: all right, thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. That is the head coach of the Mavericks men's side, Mike DeGeorge. And I I totally spaced on the geographic element of the uh, Simon Frazier being in the because I think we've talked with, is it, maybe Mike Mendoza mentioned that or maybe it was Taylor. Somebody mentioned that. And right. I'm like, as soon as he said that, I'm like, that's right. Yeah, so – There is, uh, despite there being,
2: despite there being Canadian, there's still a regional opponent or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. uh, But I get it, though. You know, it's because the regional touches regional and, you know, elbow room and the armrest in the middle seat type thing. You know, something like that. Yeah. Something. Something like that. So that's Mavericks men's head coach Mike DeGeorge. We will have the Adam State games. We will not be able to bring you the games from Las Vegas, but we'll have Adam State coverage starts three fifteen on Friday afternoon with you. Yes. Okay. Get airtime all over the place for uh, the old tired Franzen five days a week on the show and the studio work on for Friday. The uh, Friday games. Women tip off at 3.30. We'll talk with Taylor Wagner coming up in just a few minutes. Men will tip off at 5.30. We go to the Chick-fil-A breakfast team text line, 970-242-1340. Baseball Paul ranging out of his comfort zone, maybe. I don't know. Just making that up. Urban Meyer defrauded the Jags. He said he could coach. Well, yeah, and I get funny. Ha-ha. I mean, he does have championship resume. You know what I mean? Right. He recruited everyone's favorite Bronco, Tim Tebow. Let's not forget that. Part of a Florida team
2: that mm-hmm. had more uh, felons than it had.
0: That's not actually true. I know. I know. There were 100 and some odd guys on that team, and only maybe 40 were felons.
2: So a fair amount a third. of felons. Yeah,
0: like it's just kind of a normal conversation, right? One in three are going to commit a felony. That's why it's, it rhymes. Sure. Uh, and, it, and also... He recruited Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper to Ohio State. Ah, current Broncos. I'm not saying I'm just saying. You, but you're, but you're saying that may not even be true, but it is for this purposes. Uh, and baseball, Paul MVP potential is Khalil Mack from the Chargers. Guy is a beast.
2: Yeah, but he plays on a bad team.
0: <sighs> yeah.
2: With a not great defense besides him.
0: That's the thing, right, is, like, you can make a case because, all right, so Chargers' defense isn't great. Or, sorry, without Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins' offense, looked. at that. Without Miles Garrett, look at how ineffective. He was still on the field, but he only had one arm and how well the Broncos played against that defense because they could not get pressure without a full-strength Miles Garrett when they played the Browns. You know, take a look at some of the other guys we mentioned. Like, he's had five touchdowns. You can't not put Deron Bland on that list. Right. You know, some of the other guys around there, like T.J. Watt, fantastic. Khalil Mack's having a very good year. A great year. But is he going to be an MVP-caliber candidate? He's got 15 sacks in 13 games he's been absolutely phenomenal he's hit the quarterback 16 times their defense right now in yards is 29th yeah pass it they're still 29th in passing yards even getting all those sacks he's it's not fair he's gonna be hurt by the guys around him more than others probably will
2: and that same logic can kind of apply to Deron Bland because as great as he's been with those interception return touchdowns, that Cowboys defense, and they've had a couple injuries, you know, not having digs, yeah doesn't help. Their
0: best defender outside of Micah Parsons has not been playing.
2: And they have Micah Parsons, and some would argue that he's probably a better defender or better overall defensive player than
0: Bland. Oh, 100%. So He's much better. They, you know. So, you know, I just, it's, it's the conversation of, you know, what is valuable? That's the question. What is your definition of most valuable player? And in football, the most valuable player often is the quarterback. The quarterback. That's why we did non-quarterback. Most valuable players. We'll take a break and come back with more Jim Davis show. Mav Day rolls on. We'll talk with the head coach of the Lady Mavericks, Taylor Wagner. On the other side of a break, this is the Jim Davis show on Colorado sports leader, The Team. It's the Western Slopes home of Colorado sports. Come on. This is The Jim Davis show. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on The Team. And We bring in the coach of the Mavs, Taylor Wagner, after sweeping UCCS and Regis over the weekend. Good morning, Coach. How are things?
3: I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing good. You guys uh, beat UCCS on Friday night. A nice uh, five point win over the Mountain Lions, fifty eight to fifty three. Josie Stedman led you guys off the bench with sixteen points. She actually was your leading scorer on the weekend. Kind of talk about her play and her development as kind of a role player now getting more and more minutes as the season goes along and uh, showing up with uh, double-digit scoring efforts both nights.
3: Yeah, I mean, she just continues to get better, so um, she's really, she she tore ACL coming into her freshman year that summer, and so she sat out that year, and then last year kind of, uh, you know, wasn't really the best of shape, but then. That was the thing. She got in great shape this summer, this fall, and has really played well for us. And when we've needed her, too, you know, when we've struggled or been in foul trouble, she's kind of stepped up and been able to hit some big three pointers for us. And I, you know, a lot of teams haven't expected her because she is, you know, six foot, six one. But, you know, she's, she's our best three point shooter right now by makes and percentage and just creates a lot of mism- mismatch problems for other teams
0: then on saturday night you guys beat rages regis rather 82 87 82 uh you were up over 20 points coming into the fourth quarter of that game you end up winning by just five i know you were not very pleased not very thrilled with how the team played in the fourth quarter there uh kind of you know, expand on a little bit of why you felt like that fourth quarter outside of getting outscored by 17 points but kind of what went wrong for your team there
3: well, we gave up 37 points. <laughs> you know, That's I don't think lot. we gave up 37 in the, the first three quarters, and, and I don't think I've ever given up 37 in a in a quarter ever. But uh, I felt like we just kind of we relaxed a little bit, you know, and we're playing. Okay, we got a, a nice lead, and they started pressing. And they, I mean, they just went bonkers offensively. They hit seven threes, and you know they're banking in shots, but. I felt like we turned the ball over way too much and, and fouled a couple times, and uh, you know when we we could have been a little bit more disciplined. And you know, you know, it came down if there was another minute, heck, we might have lost that game. But girls held on. And, um, you know, that's a big win against a good team, and so you know, ho- hopefully, that's something we can learn from, and, and really maybe prepare for this this week when we play Adams. Adams is going to get up and pressure. And, and we didn't handle a very good that fourth quarter. So hopefully, we're a little bit more focused for the this upcoming game.
0: Yeah, you got to Adam State, the Grizzlies pretty good this season. Both of you teams uh, have nine wins. Just kind of overall thoughts on what you see out of the Grizzlies when you take a look at them on film, or um, maybe if you've crossed paths in person in a couple of different uh, places this year. But what do you see about the Grizzlies that really stands
3: out? They're just dangerous, you know. They they play small. I mean, really, they have five guards on the floor, and they shoot a bunch of threes. They press. They shoot it early, and they can just get it going. So, I mean, last weekend, you know, one of the girls had ten threes by herself, and uh, so they just kind of feed off of their defense and being aggressive. And so, we're really going to have to. And Adams is a tough place to play anyway, so we're going to have to take care of the ball down there and really be uh, really fundamentally sound against this team like they just like i said they're playing with a lot of confidence right now and uh, you know we've got to match up well that's what we're trying to figure out is the matchups that are gonna work best for us with when they put their five guards out on the floor
0: you guys have won three straight they've won five straight offensively you mentioned they're dangerous they're scoring nearly 74 points per game third in field goal percentage tops in three-point field goal percentage and you mentioned they have those five guards uh, you don't necessarily have five guards you do have some bigger players which can you know advantage be an advantage low post wise but how do you make sure everybody kind of stays on their points when they run a five guard offense at you and be able to shoot the three like that
1: yeah,
3: we're going to have to be really disciplined because not only can they shoot the three, but they are really good off the dribble and, and can get to the rim. So that's where they kind of get you off balance. Is they'll drive in, you know, if it's one on one, they're going to take it. If you go to help, then they kick to a three. So it's one of those things we're going to work on. Obviously, this week, just make sure that we uh, we've got to have a lot of energy <laughs> and uh, you know make them take tough shots. You mentioned we have the size advantage, and we're hoping that helps a little bit but we've got to be able to get to that point you know if we turn the ball before we get it or we can enter into the post players um, you know that doesn't do us any good so like I said I think taking care of the basketball um, you know looking at some of the game film I think Pueblo had 33 turnovers against them last weekend so I mean they're doing a lot of good things defensively and that's a lot of points, you know. If you're if you're turning it over, not even I'm telling our team we can't turn it over 20 times or more. It's just because you're, you know, you're just throwing away uh, points on the offensive side.
0: Yeah, they they have forced 280 turnovers and have committed less than 200. So their team that takes care of the football and forces or takes care of the basketball, uh, focusing too much on uh, Monday Night Football last night. They take care of the basketball. They turn it over on other teams, but. You mentioned like their defense can be streaky sometimes they'll let opponents shoot 45 percent. sometimes they'll hold them to 22 or 23 is there anything you see that i won't give away tendencies but is there is it just streaky or are some teams able to combat what they do better than others
3: i i think you're right some teams are able to handle the pressure just a little bit better and you know, there's going to be times where you, you get stuck in a bad situation and you turn the ball over but you know the team should really focused and have a good game plan going in, and uh, you know because because of all the trapping that they do and running around, you are getting the shots. And now it just comes down to you know can you make those open shots and can you be aggressive and, and maybe try and get a layup out of it too. So uh, there are times when the, you know, like I said, that uh, you get good looks. So they, history, you know, playing this team generally that that was the thing we'd be able to get good looks and they couldn't score but they could score this year and so um, you know they, they could do both things and that's what's got me worried about this game
0: yeah you mentioned scoring harmony dominguez she can get up to uh, 30 points a game she's done it a couple times this year they have rihanna davis uh a girl that i've seen a couple times uh when they've played here angelina jack she can kind of force some players into making bad decisions just kind of you know with pressure and being up up in people's faces so it's going to be a tough uh tough matchup in uh alamosa coming up this weekend and you guys don't have the quick turnaround like the uh, the men do they go right to las vegas but you still have the busy week of finals and you know you have home games now you got finals and now you got another game coming up on friday it's just a one game road trip how do you feel the players are kind of handling everything that's been thrown at them this week
3: yeah i mean, the finals week is always a tough week that goes you know that goes for every team so you know everyone has to go through it that's why we we always kind of say hey make sure you're on top of it um, you know all semester long so when it cuts down to those last final weeks you're not scrambling you know, you're really confident about uh, what you've done all semester. So uh, that's hopefully what they've done. <laughs> we'll see when the grades come out. But generally, the kids do a really good job. And, uh, you know, our kids are really good student athletes. And, you know, they're worried about, you know, getting a 91 rather than a 98 in the class. So, you know, it's kind of fun to have those kids where they're really, really uh, on top of their grades. So. Um, you know, I, that's, we kind of seek out those kids, and it kind of helps us. And, and uh, you know, we don't have to really worry about them going to class or you know, being motivated to, to do well. They always do that, and they're always looking out
0: for themselves on that. That'll be one less stress off the shoulders. Coach, uh, congratulations on sweep last weekend. Good luck coming up in Alamosa on Friday night. We'll have that game right here on the team, CMU Sports Network, starting at 315. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, Coach, as uh, you guys head into your winter break.
3: All right, thanks.
0: Thanks a lot, Coach Wagner of the CMU Mavericks women's basketball team. And I I don't know what it's like to get 91s or 98s on tests. I, that's just foreign to me. Um, it's
2: uh, I don't want to totally out myself here, but I did graduate from CMU magna cum laude, so I did get oh, some, a little humble
0: brag. I did get uh, some good grades. That. You uh, usually don't want to out yourself if it's bad,
2: true. But see, the problem is, I say things like, I graduated Colorado Mason University magna cum laude, and then same time. I got lost in Fruita, so it's like, you know. Yeah,
0: while driving home from CMU where you live downtown. Yes. See, it's the storytelling that you, you know, could have been valedictorian. It's your storytelling is the issue because the way you told the story. Right. Made no sense. Yeah. I am smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said, word for word, I was driving home from work the other night and I got lost in Fruita. That was what I said. Yeah. And, you know, not to just give out your address, but you live downtown-ish. Yep. And you were driving home from CMU, which is less than a mile away. And you got lost in Fruita, which is the story that I heard. That's what you said, and that's how I heard I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Then, if you tell the story properly, you don't get half of your nicknames. The, yeah. You know. Right. The Wanderer, things like that. Magellan. Magellan, Copernicus. Yeah, all Garmin, San Diego. Yep. All of those. Absolutely. Uh, We go back to the Chick fil A text line 970 242 1340. Josh checking in. I may not have a non quarterback NFL MVP candidate, but I do have a Broncos team MVP candidate. How about Cortland Sutton? Yes. And that one handed catch. The one on the sideline where he was out of the play or the (laughs) touchdown? Probably the touchdown. Probably the touchdown. Since that one had just a just a skosh more impact, only slightly more impact. So there is that. You can get your thoughts in on the Chick Fil A text line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. You can call in at that phone number. We had a caller, did we not? Did they have anything that they were to get- uh,
2: they were trying to clarify how how best to claim their winnings for today. Oh, okay. Because they're they're super busy, and so they have a, delegated the task to their spouse. Ah, perfect. Which you can do. Just let us know, and then we can let our front office know. Hey, yep. So and so is picking up on behalf of.
0: Absolutely. And if you're in outer lying areas like Montrose, we can mail certificates as well. But usually here, if you're in town, we like you to come in person. Uh, fight through the traffic and the people, and get them in-person face-to-face style
2: and you could uh, potentially win some jewelry this month for our never-ending contest oh yeah
0: never ending con- i'm not very good at this so i haven't read the promo at all never-ending contest prize for december is the diamond earrings round brilliant cut diamond stud earrings from mesa george jewelers 1.5 carat total weight, 14K white gold mountings. Total value, 64 95 from Mesa <laughs> Jewelers. A pile pigskin pick'em winner from week 12 was Dustin Cruz. Won a $25 gift certificate to Wrigley Field Bar and Grill, courtesy of Hartman Farmhouse. That was week 12. Week 13, I think, is all the way across the studio. I'm, I'll try to get that before the end of the show. And also tonight, Tonight. it is the Canadian Brass Holiday with the Grand Junction Symphony Orchestra at the Avalon Theatre. It's an unforgettable evening as uh, the Grand Junction Symphony Orchestra in collaboration with the internationally acclaimed Canadian Brass presents a heartwarming holiday concert. That's tonight. Admission tickets start at $5. Showtime starts at 7.30. So get uh, out for that Coming up here in just a few minutes, we have CMU swimming and dive coach Mickey Winder talk about the uh, Mavericks men's and women's uh, in the pool swimmers and divers and whatnot. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But right now it's time for. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history we go back to 1966, the United States Supreme Court taking up the hot topics allows the Braves to move from Milwaukee to Atlanta with a 4-3 ruling. 1965, Gail Sayers ties the NFL record for most touchdowns in a game with six as they beat the San Francisco 49ers at Wrigley Field 61 to 20, a rare football team outscoring the Cubs at Wrigley Field, something Iowa was unable to do. Nineteen fifty, the sixteenth Heisman Trophy award was awarded to Vic Janowicz from Your Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Absolutely right. This day in nineteen thirty-seven, we're going backwards. National Football League championship at Wrigley Field, Washington beats Duff Bears twenty-eight to twenty-one. Both teams outscoring Iowa's entire. Big Ten Conference point total. Just kidding. Uh, this day in 1968, Arthur Ashe becomes first black player to be ranked number one in tennis. This day in 1976, quarterback Joe Namath I you, plays his last game with the New York uh, New York Jets. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going. I just completely lost you, my you mind there. You had a there. Joe Namath moment mm-hmm. there. This day in 1988, Mike Tyson was sued for sexual harassment. Um, also, this day... In 1987, Mookie Blaylock sets an NBA record of 13 steals in a game and also inspired one band to name themselves Mookie Blaylock. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I think that's Pearl Jam, was originally Mookie Blaylock. This day in 2021, stop me if you heard this before, Max Verstappen wins a Formula One race. Actually, he won the whole Drivers' Championship. This year, I think he won every single race. Mickey Winder uh, on the other side of a break. Mav Day continues on the Jim Davis Show next.
3: We're going to be here a while.
1: Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa sports on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show.
0: And we welcome in the head coach of the Mavericks Swimming and Diving Program, Mickey Winder, joins us on our last segment on Mav Day. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. So a second straight sweep for the Mavericks Swimming and Dive team as you win the Men's and Women's Swimmer and Diver Weekly Awards from the RMAC. And not just that, not just that being noticeable, but the fact that the eight different Awards won by seven different swimmers and divers. The only repeat is Ben Sampson. That's quite a bit of depth you've assembled there at uh, the CMU swimming and diving program.
4: Well, thank you. We're very proud of our group, and they're working hard. and And, and those recognitions are very much deserved. We're uh, we're proud of of what we're doing, and in the midway point of our season, it's going well.
0: Of course, Ben Sampson uh, usually around the armac release for various <laughs> awards and nominees of course a national champion he's been fantastic also this last week isaiah cheeks was the armac diver of the year for the second time this year eighth time uh in his career for the cmu mavericks so isaiah from aurora set a pool and a meet record both diving events and took down a school record at the tyr cmu invitation will talk about uh, the last couple weeks isaiah cheeks has had
4: Isaiah has come a long way in our program. Couldn't be more proud of, of this young man. You know, like you said, he's from Aurora. He walked on and, and he's developed himself into one of the finest divers in, in the country in Division Two. And, and, and the same with Ben Sampson, another local kid who walked on and was the NCAA Swimmer of the Year last year. We're, we're proud, especially of the local swimmers that have um, made a splash pun intended
0: so when they walk on what's the i mean we kind of have an uh, idea of the process for you know most of your stick and ball sports what's the process for swimming is it pretty much the same where you just walk on and you know you, maybe you're a club swimmer or you something like that you get a hey this this team may have a spot for you kind of what's the process for a walk-on swimmer like isaiah cheeks to be the twice honored RMAC diver of the week I think the most
4: important thing for us and our staff is talent assessment and and figuring out potential. How fast are these athletes capable of swimming? How much can we help them develop as divers? And then, you know, and and if we do give one of these very precious roster spots to somebody who's not yet proven. Um, pressures on us and and them to develop to their potential, and we've had a, a good track record with that. So it's very similar to a football player that walks on. It means non scholarship. It means not recruited, and then they earn um, you know they earn that as as they go through the program. And and you know both Ben and Isaiah, two people you brought up, are great examples of of going from walk on to you know big scholarships and and a lot of of recognition nationally
0: and uh some of your other honorees you had uh kenya meyer she's from bozeman montana sophomore she set a new school pool and meet record in the three meter preliminaries as uh one of the divers it's the seventh straight year that uh you guys have swept that invitational talk about kind of going to the ladies' side on the divers kenya meyer and her development this season
4: kenya is exciting she was a cliff diver that's her her favorite thing is jumping off high things and and doing diver things in into the water and and developing her onto the springboard has been fun to watch she's fearless she's really come a long way and and um you know, figuring out how to use the board as opposed to jumping off a cliff or something.
0: You guys had the TYR Invitational back before Thanksgiving, uh, November 15th through the 18th. Um, and that's where a lot of these awards are coming from with some of the the successful uh, showings by Mavs, swimmers, and divers. Who else that maybe didn't get necessarily conference recognition had a, had a good weekend for you guys at the TYR CMU Invitational?
4: I gotta, I gotta recognize Lauren White, one of our co-captains she's from golden she's in her fifth year her COVID year and has been phenomenal you, you know she's she's a 23-time ncaa all-american one of our most accomplished athletes who's really developed into amaze, an amazing leader we we have this this freshman a 25-year-old freshman named agata nascret who's an olympic hopeful for for poland who's come in and, and kind of bested Lauren in her best events, the backstroke. She broke both of our, our, our records at the, um, at the invite last month. And, and Lauren has been an amazing leader in, in helping to, to move this group in the right direction. We have another transfer, Benny Nagy, from Reno, Nevada, who, who swam four years at University of Nevada, Reno, who broke our school record in the 400 IM and, and as part of our, of our relays. We broke eight out of ten relays. When you break one, th- that always feels good. When you break five, you know we're, we're way better than we were a year ago. Eight out of ten was um, – it's a, it's a great number and, and something we're, we're really proud of. It means we're in a good spot. As we progress through the season, and and I want to I want to recognize Andrew Scoggin, who's transformed himself. He's another one of our captains from Fort Collins, and um, he's come in and and you know went forty eight four hundred back in practice yesterday, which would have been his best time by three seconds a few years ago. So we're taking a small group to Las Vegas this weekend for an invite, and um, we're looking forward to to upping our game again. We we made our most of our NCAA cuts, many of them at the invite, and now we're going to Vegas three weeks later to, to swim against UNLV, University of Arizona, and a, and a bunch of other good schools to, to really test us and get ready for the NCAA championship in March.
0: Maverick Swimming and Diving Coach Mickey Winder joining us on Mav Day on the Jim Davis Show. I want to ask about the UNLV here in a minute, but I... I kind of have to ask and this is where my naivety comes in between you know the start of november to the end of january like the basketball teams they're gonna play every weekend maybe get 20 games in there you guys have just kind of three or four meets to where it's three weeks here it's two weeks there it's a month there how do you guys develop a routine from all right, rest, recovery, practice, event. Rest, recovery, practice, event. How do you form a routine when your meets aren't the same distance between each other?
4: Well, you bring up a great point. And, and we've modeled this th- going to this meet in Las Vegas after the RMAC to NCAA sequence. So they're, they're exactly four weeks apart. And figuring out the process and, and how much work to do, how much rest do we need to do, what skills and, and different abil- abilities can we develop in that chunk of time was something that I felt like we could be better at. So that's why we chose this meet three weeks after the, the invite to to rehearse that, um, that routine, the to fine-tune and, and develop our strategies to be great from a, one championship to the next. And so there, it, it's, it's art, it's science, it's, um, it's a lot of, of guesswork. I'm, I'm a very good guesstimator, I think, about what people need and, and, and helping them to take ownership of the process so they know these are the things that I need to focus on through this portion of the training and then we peak and taper and and the big thing about this meet is we're gonna learn so much that'll help us going from february 12th to march 12th from the armac to the ncaa's
0: you guys are in vegas this weekend at the unlv meet um you mentioned you got a lot of your cuts in uh three weeks ago four weeks ago whatever it was when you were here for the tyr so this weekend you to, you're going to learn a lot about your squad. How do you balance, you know, you want results, obviously. It's great to win. Not everybody has to really push that hard to to make those cuts now. And is this a measuring stick? Is this trying to really prepare yourself for your February, March, or is it kind of a combination of both?
4: It's a combination of both, but there's nothing easy. There's nothing soft. There, There's nothing lighter about this. You, you know, the two worst places to be in swimming or diving is ninth or 17th. If you miss the final and you're not in the top eight, your point potential drops in half. If you don't make the top 16 and you're 17th, you're, on, you're, you're watching finals with me that night and scoring zero points. And so a big part of this as well is, is rehearsing our racing strategies so that so that we don't ever get left out we had too many nights and too many 17ths at the ncaa's last year and we've talked about that a lot so so what we're going to do this weekend is earn our spot in the finals and earn our spot in the consolation meet because because once you get to ncaa's when we're in ohio in march all the times go out the window right it's it's all about racing and being tough and getting your hand on the wall and that's what we're going to practice this weekend
0: that's cmu mavericks swimming and diving coach mickey winder they're heading off to unlv this weekend mickey thanks for some time we appreciate it good luck in uh, las vegas down there this weekend with the mavericks
4: thanks so much i appreciate the time
0: absolutely mickey winder joining us on the jim davis show the uh national championships in geneva ohio you ever been to geneva ohio uh been close it's on the lake shore it's up north it's uh as people often say, Ashtabula. It's in Ashtabula County. Uh I have been as close as Ashtabula. So I've never been to actual G, but I know where it's at. Okay. It's kinda like it's not necessarily on the water, but it's a lot closer than most other places. Now the water is Lake Erie. Okay, Take or leave it. There's a river that they drained into Lake Erie that once you could set on fire. So I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, the Caribbean or the Gulf of Mexico <laughs> or the Pacific off the coast of Hawaii or anything, but still, I mean, it's, it's shoreline, right? Sure. Didn't the Edmund Fitzgerald, Go. To, they don't write any songs about the Atlantic. I don't hear no Titanic songs, but the Edmund Fitzgerald, that's the one. That's the one right there. Uh, don't know really what we accomplished with that little 90 seconds on Ashtabula, Ashtabula County. I
2: was just curious if you yeah. if you'd been been anywhere near
0: Near ish. There's some random towns in Ohio. People are like, oh, I'm from here. I'm like, I don't know where that is. It's like, where is that? Oh, we're five miles from Indiana. Oh, that's why. Ah. You're essentially Indiana. Basically. Indiana. It's like anything south of I-70 is pretty much Kentucky. And There are people that right now are like, yeah, that's Mm. true. And then there are people from there like, that's not true. Yes, it is. Especially Cincinnati. You let Jerry Springer be mayor. You're never going to wash that away. No. It's like letting letting Maury Povich be mayor of anything. (laughs) He could be mayor
2: of Los Angeles
0: at this point. He probably could be. uh, Anyway. Anyhow. So the Mavericks all on the road this weekend, it feels like. Finals, that's neither here nor there because they got to do those here and then go there it's either adam state for the basketball teams las vegas for the swim and dive team although the uh, divers will be down there then leaving the maverick men will be coming into town maybe they can get the same hotel room there you go just leave if you leave some cmu cmu gear laying around the rio or whatever maybe the men's basketball team can come gobble it up for you never know yeah who knows i uh i got vegas coming up in march For uh, bowling. National bowling tournament, baby, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I completely forgot where we're staying. All I know is that Friday night, White Castle, baby. Hey. Going to go down and absolutely ruin whatever progress I make health-wise between now and then. There you go. That's the attitude. Got to start today. Got the uh, three-month diabetes checkup coming up in 10 days, so no time like the present to start getting rid of all of the last two and a half months worth of crap there you go i'm off until monday you'll back tomorrow jim's back tomorrow it's a whine about a wednesday on the jim davis show coming up tomorrow on the team sports network